Welcome to the Well Woman Show, where we use intersectional feminism, mindfulness, leadership, and strategy to support smart women to change the world without anxiety, insecurity, and burnout. You know, my mom got me a subscription to Teen Magazine and YM, and I was so excited to just read about girls my age, you know, that it didn't even occur to me that they didn't actually all look like me, you know, or look like me at all. And so I think we live in a time now where all girls deserve to read and see themselves reflected in in all content. On the show, we challenge the status quo and support you to unlearn harmful messages that keep you playing small so you can activate your superpowers and live with joy, confidence, and ease. I'm your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hello, hello, well women. Welcome back to the show. For those of you who are new, great big welcome to you. Today on the show, I talked to Tina Wells, business strategist, advisor, author, and founder of Relevant Media, a multimedia content venture serving entrepreneurs, tweens, and culturists. Tina has been recognized by Fast Company's 100 Most Creative People in Business and Essence's 40 Under 40. For over two decades, she led Buzz Marketing Group, an agency she founded at age 16 with clients like Dell, the Oprah Winfrey Network, and Apple. Tina is also the author of seven books, including the best-selling tween fiction series, Mackenzie Blue, and its 2020 spinoff series, The Z Files. She is just a powerhouse. Her board positions have included Thinks. I had the CEO of Thinks on this show before, and that's a really interesting company. Her board positions also include the United Nations Foundation's Global Entrepreneurs Council, And she also served as the academic director of Wharton's Leadership in the Business World program at the University of Pennsylvania. She also has done work with the Aspen Global Leadership Network at the Aspen Institute. So this is an amazing person, so much experience and knowledge. And I love that she has really focused in on her her passion and her genius zone to really focus in on tween girls. And so this is really relevant for a lot of us who are mentoring young girls, you know, who have daughters, who have nieces. And I include myself in that. I have a tween daughter. You'll hear me talk about her in the interview. So you can find the show notes from today's show at wellwomanlife.com slash 260show. And as always, the Well Woman Show is thankful for support from the Well Woman Academy, a gathering place for women leaders, wellwomanlife.com slash Academy. Check it out. I'd love for you to join us. And with that, here's my interview with Tina Wells. I'm speaking with Tina Wells this morning. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Giovanna. It's so great to be here. I'm excited to have you. And I just want to start with having you share with listeners, who are you in the world today, Tina? Oh, wow. That's a great question. You know, I feel like I have worn so many hats that that is such a timely question. I would say now I'm an author, a writer, a focused on middle grade, um, younger readers. And I'm someone who just is really focused on creating things that I hope are inspiring and fun. Cool. Okay. And who else are you besides how you identify or relate to your work in the world? But like, like what other identities do you carry? And and again, another great question. (laughs) I am a sister. I, I have five younger siblings. I am an aunt. 
uh, a daughter, a friend, partner. I think those are all my favorite things to be. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I love it because often we as women do, you know, have so many roles in, in our lives. And, uh, sometimes it's, it's nice to just really recognize all of the, all of the, (laughs) all of the different roles that we play in our lives. And so Tina, I want to ask you, I know in your bio, we talked and in the introduction, you know, we shared that you are working on so many different things and you have a real focus on, on youth. And I just wondered, and you have a very varied background. I wondered what is the focus on youth for you? Did, is it because you started as a very young leader? Can you kind of walk us through that? Yeah. So, you know, when I started my first company, I was a teenager and I was really focused on being the voice for younger consumers who were just like me. And I think as I grew with the company, I always loved the energy of younger people. I loved the trends they were creating. And then I kind of stumbled really by accident into the whole millennial thing because those teenagers I, you know, had been covering grew up and then became the largest demographic in history. And and I think most companies were ill-equipped at how to talk to, identify, or market to them. And so it was very much a right time, right place. But I would say during that work, you know, back in 2007 before or earlier around 2006, when I was working on my first series, I stumbled on tween. And I think I've forever been fascinated with with tween girls and just this life stage of like coming of age, still being very attached to parents, but seeking independence. I, I remain, you know, 15 years later, completely kind of enthralled in the tween girl world. Oh, that's so fascinating. And maybe you can enlighten me a little bit since I have a tween, oh. a, an upcoming tween, a girl and a boy, actually. So it's it's wow. kind of fun. Yeah. And so are, do you identify as a millennial? I'm just trying to understand where it's you funny. are. <laughs> I'm a cusper. I'm 41. I just turned 41. And so I am between millennials and, and Gen X. So we're a little group of us called Zennials. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought we were the little group, the Gen Xers. <laughs> We're a pretty small group too. So I'm glad that there's another small group out there. Okay. So Tina, what are you working on now and how does it impact women's lives? So my focus right now, I have, um, goodness, six, currently six tween books in the works across three different series. And so I would say I'm primarily focused on bringing those books to life. And, and my you know, relevant media, the company I started a couple of years ago is really focused on representation and, you know, less than 10% of middle grade fiction features girls of color as protagonists. And so I really wanted to bring new characters and, and bring even more diversity to publishing. I think that as a whole, the industry is really focused on highlighting, celebrating and elevating the voices of black and brown writers. And I think that's incredible. Um, and we just need so much more of it. You know, and so that is something I'm really passionate about. I, I have a tween niece, so she's my reader. It's funny. She, she kind of side eyes my books, but she'll tell me her friends love them and they're reading them. Yeah, I, I think that's really the focus. I'm, I'm starting to branch out to do some lifestyle work and, and I'm doing something super exciting. I can't talk about just yet um, that's in that space, but I would say current focus is really on tween girls. Yeah, that's, that's great. And how do you define tween? Like, what is that age exactly? So true tween, I would say is seven to 12 and this, you know, so I, I started my career as a market researcher. So when I get really technical, I would say there's a really big difference if, if your tween is your first child or oldest and how they come of age as a tween 
versus a tween who has older siblings. And so the more traditional age range is seven to 12, but there are some families where you could say a 13 year old is still in in the tween years if that child might be the oldest, right? So uh, I would say my books focus on ages seven to 14. I, I My Z Files series is for what we call upper middle grade readers. And then Honest June series that's debuting this fall is for more traditional seven to 12 year old reader. Mackenzie Blue was for a seven to 12 year old reader. And a new project I'm working on, The Stitch Click, is also going to be for a seven to 12 year old reader. Oh, I love it. Okay. So my daughter is nine. So she fits right in. Oh, she's, she's the age I write for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she, yeah, she's nine and a half. So, and, and it's fascinating. I identify as a feminist. I, I support women leaders and, and I do a lot in the space of women leaders, but, um, and actually I'm, I'm doing a lot in, in girls leadership now too, but it, it is a new territory as a parent, you know, parenting a tween girl and, and just seeing the influences uh that she is taking in on a daily basis and and also being rather disappointed with uh the options for her like mm-hmm. i i really want to read your books because she is a girl of color her her you know, a brown girl i guess i would say because her father is dark and you know hispanic background and and so i i find it challenging to really support her with the tools and the resources and the influences that i think would be best for her it's that life stage where that's so important right I, you know i remember for myself you know my mom got me a subscription to teen magazine and ym and i was so excited to just read about girls my age you know that it didn't even occur to me that they didn't actually all look like me, you know, or look like me at all. And so I think we live in a time now where all girls deserve to read and see themselves reflected in in all content. You know, I think we have so many streamers, we have so many ways to publish content that, that we shouldn't still be talking about this as an issue at all. Right. And so the fact that we are, it's just a little bit disappointing, but I, I am really hopeful that many people are starting to see this and recognize this issue and, and they're starting to create content. And I, I can say for me, as I, I love to read just as an adult black woman reading, I have found so many amazing books over the last two years that are mainstream and reflect women who look like me, who live like me. And so, you know, I really am hopeful. And I think I already, we can already see that this is changing. Yes. And I agree. It it definitely has been changing, but it just feels like it, it, you know, you have to be so intentional about selecting and, and really careful, carefully selecting things. Whereas, you know, I, I feel like kind of mainstream media, just, uh, it's just not, yeah, it's just not where I want to be with my daughter. And, and so what about the content? Like, I, I totally hear you about centering black and brown girls in the stories. What about the content in terms of, that's another issue. I, I find that yeah. the, the TV shows that are available that she's attracted to for her age group are just really not interesting. Like they're very petty. (laughs) It's you're spot on. So 
that's something else that I really um, focus on in the content, right? So first it's representation, and then it's really focusing on what are the issues at play. When I started my career with, with Mackenzie Blue, it was during the Gossip Girls time, and a mom asked me a really interesting question. She said, what do I do? My daughter's 10. She's reading Gossip Girl. And while I love that she's reading, it's not appropriate. And that, you know, as a marketer, I felt like that was a huge challenge, right? Can I create something that will be fun to read that my reader will love, but that will also reflect good values. And we'll talk about, you know, friendship and how girls can be friends and should be friends and really celebrate that and celebrate math and science and sustainability. And, you know, we proved that we could do that with Mackenzie Blue. And in the Z Files, you know, this, the character from Mackenzie Blue, the Z Files is a spinoff. She's a bit older. She's, of course, you know, we have to have some escapism. So she's attending a private boarding school in the Cotswolds. Her family's moved to London, but she's a biracial girl. She's dealing with issues of anxiety. And, you know, as we work our way through the series, we work towards her being diagnosed with ADHD. I felt that it was really important for my readers to know that whatever is happening in their life, wherever they are, they do not need to be perfect. And so many other people are also dealing with things, you know? And I think sometimes for this reader, we make the mistake of presenting this really perfect world that's so unfair to them, right? And I, the one thing I'll say I loved about growing up in the 80s and 90s is the girls I looked up to on TV, um, they were real girls. They had real bodies. You know, they were smart. They were funny. They were eclectic. And there was not this like need to be super perfect, you know? And I think that's important for our girls just to see and sell celebrate what makes them quirky. That's what makes them so lovable and so great, you know? And so that's definitely there. I would say with Honest June, we also explore. So Honest June is about a girl who can't tell a lie. She's blessed with the ability to tell the truth. And the series really examines how she has some pressures from her parents to, you know, go to Howard and do <laughs> different things. And, you know, she's 12 years old and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. I need to make everybody happy. So she tells little white lies to make people happy. And then she's blessed with this ability to tell the truth all the time. And she's freaking out because she still needs to be able to, you know, appease other people. And I think our girls deal with that too, the need to make other people happy. And then with the Stitch Click, you know, I'm just starting to write these series, but it's this idea that five girls from incredibly different backgrounds uh, come together in a, a fashion class and we explore all those differences that make them so unique and so wonderful. And, and we explore a little bit of the messiness of, you know, when they come together and they don't quite understand everything about each other's cultures, but they're friends and they, they grow to really love each other, accept each other fully. And so I, I do think it's important, you know, across everything I'm writing to make sure we layer in some important life lessons, but also give girls what they want to read about, which is the fun stuff and the escapism. And I, and I do think you can do both. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And Tina, I want to ask you, you have, you have a real background in business and some really impressive companies and boards that you've sat on and, and projects. And a lot of the listeners are high level professionals who have, who have, you know, amazing careers or are getting their careers started. And and maybe wanting to shift or transition into something completely different. And I feel like you have done that, right? You, you've yeah. been in business and then you're, you're now an author. Um, what, like, how, how did you make that transition? <laughs> um, I, you know, so I, while I had the agency, this is my, my, 
publishing career started back in 2007. My first book was published in 2009. Um, and that series had five books, but I was still running my agency and then just kind of the books were doing what they were doing. And after about 24 years, I decided to take a sabbatical. So right around, that was before my 40th birthday. Yeah, it was, I think I was 39 at the time. And I'd taken my first sabbatical and I was sitting in Yellowstone and I just sold my book rights to Audible. And I, so I'd taken some time off and I still had the team focused on another content platform that I, I own called Elevation Tribe. And I just remember sitting in Yellowstone and just feeling so calm. And, and I had this moment where I said, I'm not going back. To, to running an agency. We're going to have to transition. And I knew during that time off that I, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but then, you know, started talking to Target, started talking about opportunities and realized I really love this middle grade age. I would love to do more books. I, I would love to continue this. And so I definitely didn't think that I would go from, you know, having those five books to now, um, you know, less than two years later, having almost 18. Um, that happened really fast. But it was still, I think, a lot of what I loved about marketing that I get to do at Relevant Media. Like, I, I will always love the research part of what I do. You know, every series I write, I, I research for a long time. Why this series? Why this character? Why is she needed? Yeah. What am I getting from the general public that we need this type of character? Who are the friends that we need? What's the world that I need to create? All of that is really a, a result of what I did for so many years, you yeah, know? Right. It's all really, it's all connected. It's not like you just leave something and then become something totally different. You're bringing it with you. Exactly. And it was just a time, you know, I think I, I, I ended up writing a course that I released a couple months ago to kind of help other women make the same transition. But you know, it was kind of like, if I don't do this now, when am I ever going to do this again? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm speaking with Tina Wells, business strategist, author, and founder of Relevant Media. And we'll be right back. You're invited to join me for a brand new monthly group experience over in the Well Woman Academy. This is a monthly group that includes access to the full six-week course based on feminism, mindfulness, and the Well Woman Life Framework. It includes weekly groups, coaching sessions with me, as well as office hours and a private Facebook group to share and grow. Don't get me wrong, this is hard work. But with these tools, you will easily find the time to do the course, get the coaching, and reach your goals monthly. If you find yourself worrying about whether you'll ever make it in the thing you're pursuing, waking up in the middle of the night with anxiety, lacking the energy you need to get everything done, stuck in some aspect of leading your team, procrastinating on moving forward with projects and tasks, or in a leadership role but second-guessing yourself constantly, I'd love to introduce you to the Well Woman Academy. It's for smart, high-achieving women changing the world who want to overcome anxiety, burnout, perfectionism, and insecurity. The result? You get to live your Well Woman life, a life of joy, ease, and abundance, even when things are tough all around you. Visit wellwomanlife.com slash academy to learn more. We're back on the Well Woman show with Tina Wells, author and founder of Relevant Media. Tina, we're going into the superpowers for success segment. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask you a few questions here. The first one is what does success in life mean to you? You know, when I created this elevation approach to work in life, it was focused on these four phases, preparation, inspiration, recreation, and transformation. And it was this idea that, you know, all business, the way we live is very cyclical. And sometimes I found myself 
on that hamster wheel of like, I prep for something, I launch it, then I prep again and launch and I was never taking time to rest. And so I think success to me now means that I can take the time off that I need. I can take the rest that I need. And I no longer have anxiety that my life or my business world is going to fall apart just because I take a minute and take a step back or, or allow myself permission to kind of get off the wheel. Yeah. Isn't it amazing that it takes us so long to really get that? (laughs) Way too long. (laughs) I know, know, but it's like, if you, if you knew it before you wouldn't really have done it. It's like, we have to do it in order to get, you know, in order to get there. And so when did you know, Tina, that you were really good at what you do? You know, I think that is a really tough question. I think I started winning awards when I was really young, but it still didn't really dawn on me that I was really good um, because you're just so in it as a young business owner. You know, as a small business owner, we face so many struggles, so many issues. So I think sometimes I was just so in the moment of, I have to do this for this client. You know, about five years ago, I, I produced a project called the Super Soul 100 for Oprah Winfrey Network. And there's a minute where we're on set with, with Miss Winfrey and all the people we I created on this list. And I thought, wow, this feels really great, you know? And then immediately my mind turned to, and what's the next thing I have to do for everybody here to keep this moving? So I don't think we always, you know, take that time. I I think now it's certainly fun when I run into Target and I see my books, (laughs) that feels great. But yeah, I think sometimes we are so focused on creating or focused on, you know, getting out what's in us that we don't always take the time to celebrate and say, this is really, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And Tina, can you describe one personal habit that contributes to your well-being so you can do everything that you do in the world? I would say working out. I don't love it. I don't understand these people who are like, I just love to work out. <laughs> That's not me, but I I need it if that makes sense. There's I do this great class, this workout called Tracy Anderson Method, and she doesn't talk while she while you're tracking her. And it creates this really great space to almost have these conversations with yourself or to work through something. And so you're doing the moves, but I never realized. Took me a while to realize she pointed out once. She's like, So this is why I don't talk to you guys. And I was like, that's what's so different about this workout. So you just, you know, I did it this morning and I'm like, I just feel connected to my body, but also the things I'm trying to work through. And if I don't do something like that, then I think at least finding 15 minutes a day to just go take a walk is really important. I do a lot of thinking, you know, that's why Zoom's been really hard for me because I've always been a thinker. And like, let me get outside and take this phone call. And I, I do my best thinking when I'm kind of walking or get a minute. And so I think finding some movement, however I can, is really important. Yeah, that's great. And what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? <laughs> I'm a really good connector. And I think that that also comes from my research background. I really think about how a connection benefits both parties. You know, I'm not the one that just will throw you someone's contact information for one way. I really focused on how does this connection enrich both parties? And I create really lasting, long lasting relationships and partnerships. And I'm really thoughtful about, you know, how I, I bring people together. And people always say, you just know everyone. I, it's like, I really don't. But if you're my friend, if you're in my network, I take that really seriously. I, I don't like this idea that we network even and collect people. I think that, you know, having 
unique experiences with people is incredibly important. Finding ways to connect and, you know, however I can do that, if I show up in that way, I'm really there for that experience. And it's, it's funny because I'm quite the introvert. And so it's not always the, the easiest thing for me to do, but I just love those moments when I'm like, I know you need this thing and this person needs that thing. And if I put the two of you together, it's going to be awesome. And I just, I love that feeling. Yeah. It's very intuitive too. And, and a couple, few things you've mentioned throughout our conversation make me think that you're just a very intuitive person too. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that is a compliment. And uh, it's funny because not everybody, you know, thinks of intuition as a really, uh, as a superpower, but it definitely is. What advice would you give your younger self, say 25 year old Tina? Oh, chill out, please. Um, <laughs> like, chill way out. <laughs> it's, it's going to be okay. Things are going to work out as they should. And you don't have to stress yourself so much. Yeah. Just trust. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Tina, do you identify as a feminist? Absolutely. Well, it's, let me tell you the funniest story. I went to Hood College in Frederick, Maryland, and it was a women's college. And so one of the first things you are immediately identified as, as a feminist. And as an 18 year old girl from New Jersey back in 1990, I was like, I don't know what, what are you asking me? What are you talking about? You know, it was just, well, you go to a women's college. Of course you are. And I would say, um, definitely after four years at a women's college, I would say a hundred percent. But, you know, I, I think when I think about feminism, I think about a woman like my mom who raised six kids and also had a great career. And she often would just talk to me and her best advice she gave me was, you know, you can have anything you want in life. Um, I just don't suggest you have it all at the same time. And I loved that she really was fighting. And I have three younger sisters. So for all of our optionality, fighting for us to have opportunity to do and exist however we want. And so that to me is what's most important is that if you choose to have children, if you don't choose to have children, if you choose to work and raise children, if you choose to stay home, that as women, we can be supportive of each other in all of those decisions and, and start there. And then also that we get the equity and the inclusion and the seats at the table that we deserve across the board. Yeah. Right. No matter what decision we make that we're, that we're included and that it's equitable. Exactly. Yeah. And so Tina, just wrapping up here, what is your greatest challenge as a successful woman, a successful business owner, author? What is, what is your greatest challenge right now? You know, I spent several years running a program at Wharton called Leadership in the Business World. And every summer I would welcome 160 smart, ready, sharp, uh, you know, 17 and 18 year olds. And they would come up with these company ideas. And I remember every, the first week when they would, you know, pitch me their big idea, I would think, wow, I wish I still had your ability to believe any and everything was possible. <laughs> you know, it's like they had no, there was just nothing standing in their way. There were no obstacles to creating this company and they could just see it so clearly. And I think as you age, you're like, well, I can't do that because then this happens. And if I make this move, what's going to happen over here? Um, and I just want that, you know? So I always have to challenge myself to how do I see something a different way? And I think my friends would be shocked to hear this because they often tell me, I think so out of the box, but I think I'm slowly losing that, you know, as I get older that I always have to remind myself, no, there is another way, you know, there's something I just figured out yesterday, you know, I'm like, 
there has to be another way to solve this problem. And so I, I often, you know, want that energy of my, my 17, 18 year old students who just see the world a different way. Mm, Yeah. Love that. And last question for you. What are you reading right now? What's on your nightstand? Oh, seven days in June by Tia Williams. Oh, okay, cool. Very excited. I just opened that one and I just read Summer on the Bluffs by Sunny Hostin. It's quite a good book. You know, I saw her, you know, she's a host, one of the hosts on The View. And I saw, I mean, her book is phenomenal. It is absolutely like the summer read. So I've been having a good go of summer books so far. Good. Okay. We'll add those to our book list. And Tina Wells, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Giovanna. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your Well Woman Life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join our community. As a reminder, we are on NPR every week. So be sure to tune in at npr.org slash podcasts and search for The Well Woman Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please take a moment and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week.